the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. With your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark. Tonight on Contending for the Faith, we come to part eight of our challenging series entitled The End of Both Ways, taken from Matthew 7, 13 through 14. Tonight, Dr. Buckter will talk about two ways and two roads that lead to two different directions or designations. Two roads that you cannot both travel at the same time. You have to make up your mind and choose which way you are going to go. So for this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you doing tonight? Brother Jim, I'm doing uh, very well in the Lord and blessed in the Lord and uh, just happy to have you with us tonight in Gary Stead. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by the program tonight. And we want to encourage you to uh, turn with us to Matthew chapter 7, and Matthew chapter 7 and verses 13 and 14, and we've been doing this series on the end of both ways, and we come to tonight the eighth uh, part of that series on the end of both ways. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Jesus says here, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, And many, notice he says, many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few, notice, few, there be that find it. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and edification and exhortation of his holy word. We've been doing this series for about uh, eight weeks now on the end of both ways, and there's going to be an end of both ways. All of us one day going to have to stand before Jesus, whether you like it or not, no matter what religion you're in, no matter what church you're in, no matter what uh, church you're out of, you're going to have to stand before God one day, the end of both ways. And the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You might as well do it on this side, my friend, because if you do it on the next side, on the other side, it's going to be too late. A no decision is a decision, and that decision is no when you decide to say no to the Lord. It's still a decision, and you need to make the right decision. Now, we've been talking 
for many weeks about this broad road. There's a lot of people traveling on that broad road, and I've dealt with that in detail. And I want to talk tonight about this narrow road. Spend some time talking to you tonight about this narrow road. This narrow road comes from an extreme and radical Lord. I mean, this is extreme and radical teaching. You remember I said that in Matthew chapter 5 all the way up to chapter 7, when you get to chapter 7, Jesus starts to get extreme. He's working up to being extreme in uh, uh, chapter 5 of Matthew and chapter 6. But when he gets to chapter 7, Jesus gets extreme and radical regarding his teachings. And he's so extreme and radical that John chapter 6 says that many of his disciples followed him no more because these sayings were hard sayings. You might want to look at that sometime in John chapter 6. These sayings are hard sayings, and many of his disciples followed him no more. And Jesus' words are still hard sayings today. They are extreme sayings. They are hard sayings. They are radical sayings. And he is commanding and demanding like a sergeant from all of us to an extreme level. Now, you know, when you go to different levels, you create new devils. Now, in order to enter into this narrow way, you must... Be extreme at listening and being obedient to those extreme teachings. The big question is, are you responding to this narrow teaching and this biblical teaching and this commanding teaching? You can't enter into eternity being complacent, being naive, and being Uh, in the state of saying, I'm going to do it my way. Now, this narrow uh, way, this narrow road is a lonely road to travel. There is not many people who will travel this road with you in your family, in your uh, churches, and sometime even in your community, there's not that many people will follow you because Jesus said many are called, but few are chosen. So this narrow way is a lonely way. I want to just make it clear to you tonight that this narrow way is a lonely way. And this Narrow way is a lonely way because the broad way attracts the world. And John tells us in 1 John 4 and 5, they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is of God. And this is in 1 John 4, verses 5 and 6. So this narrow road, this narrow way, is a lonely way. It's not only a lonely way that a very few will follow, but it's also a way that requires profession of faith. You can't 
get on this road unless you confess your sins and repent of your sins. You know, it got to be something that you mean it in your heart. You got to confess and you got to turn away from the broad road and get on the narrow road. It is a U-turn from the wrong way to the right way. You remember Solomon said, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And that's that broad road. So that narrow road is a lonely road. That narrow road requires a profession of faith. Not in Buddha, not in Zoroaster and Confucius and Muhammad, but in Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. This narrow road is not only a lonely road and a road of confession of sins, but thirdly, this narrow road requires a disciplined life. There's not that many people, listen to me tonight, there's not that many people who want to live a disciplined life for Christ. Most people in churches and outside the churches don't want to be under a disciplined Lord. They want to live their own lives, and Jesus brings forth this extreme teachings when he says, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. That is that extreme narrow teaching. It is a U-turn from the broad road and to the narrow road and Now, if you want to go to hell, now listen to me now. There's not too many people preaching on hell now from the pulpit, but I'm going to preach on it tonight. If you want to go to hell, then keep traveling on the broad road, not because Buckner says it, because the Bible teaches it. Jesus taught this. If you want to go to hell, then keep going on the broad road that leads to destruction. But that is not where you want to go, my friend. You know, you want to go the way to eternity. That's why Jesus said, go on the narrow road. Now, first of all, I haven't been invited to hell, and I don't want to go anywhere where I have not been invited. Or I've been invited, but I haven't been invited to go to hell. I want to go to heaven where I have been invited, but not not to heaven. I don't want to go to hell, but I want to go to heaven where I have been invited. Nobody has been in, invited me or you to go to hell. You don't see in the Bible where God says, I've invited you to go to hell. The devil is a liar and the father of all lies, according to Jesus. In John 8 and 44. Now, I refuse to go to hell because I haven't been invited there. I want to be invited to heaven, and that's what Jesus has done. He's invited me to heaven and all of us to heaven. But Jesus has invited us there because he says in John 14 and 1, in my Father's house are many mansions. And he says, I go away to prepare a place for you. But he's coming back for prepared people. But there is no invitation for me to go to hell, nor for you. The devil is arrogant. The devil is crafty. The devil is deceptive. The devil is tricky. The devil is leading a lot of people in the church and outside the church to hell 
without even inviting them there. Can you imagine that? He doesn't come forth in the Bible and says, I'm inviting you to go to hell. He's just so arrogant that he just gives the temptations and people give into it and never repent, and then they go to hell. So I don't want to go somewhere where I have not been uh, invited, especially to hell. Jesus has invited us to come to him to heaven, Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29. Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus has invited us all to go to the place called heaven. And we want to go there. We want to be there where there will be no more pain, no more suffering, no more death. I've had enough uh, suffering here on this earth, and I don't want to continue to suffer in the next world. But if you travel on that broad road, you will suffer throughout eternity. So Jesus says in Matthew 7 and 13 and 14, if you want to go where I have uh, to enter in by the narrow gate, and it is so narrow that you can't come in or enter in with fornication in your life. You can't enter in with adultery. You can't enter in with homosexuality. You can't enter in with pornography. You can't enter in with hypocrisy. You can't enter in being a liar. You can't enter in being a murderer or a drunkard or a drug addict. You can't enter in this narrow way being a hater or racism, or racist. You can't enter in hating God, hating Christ, hating the Word of God. You can't enter in. Now, let me say this in conclusion. The narrow gate calls for us and demands for us and commands for us four C's. I want you to write down these four C's, what this narrow gate demands of us. The first C is that it demands of us a conviction you got to have a conviction in order to enter in by the narrow gate. The second C, you got to have a confession to enter in by the narrow gate. And the third C, you got to have a commitment to enter in by the narrow gate. And the last C, the fourth C, you got to have Christ. This narrow road calls for you and demands for you and commands for you genuine repentance. Repent tonight and turn away. Make a U-turn. Turn from your sins and turn to Jesus Christ because he is the way to eternal life and that narrow road. He is that narrow road. And repent tonight and receive him and you will be on that narrow road. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother uh, Jim. Amen, Dr. Buckner. And do you have a question about which road you're on? We look forward to hearing from you after this break. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark. I'm in the studio with uh, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we are taking your calls. But before we get to that, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been in prayer for Contending for the Faith. Without your prayers and financial support, there is no way we could stay on the air without you. We also want to thank those who gave this week, Diane and Ronald, Scott Gail, Mary, June, and Valerie. We are listener-supported, and it costs us $400 a week to stay on the air. If you have been blessed by this program, won't you partner with us financially to keep this program on the air? You don't want to turn on your radio on Saturday night and find out that Contending for the Faith has gone off the air. There are two ways to donate. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or 
you can go onto your computer and go to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button. And uh, we really would like to have your support because Dr. Buckner's got some really awesome teaching every week. And we'd love to get him on the air. So, Dr. Buckner, with all this talk about roads, and I keep thinking <laughs> about traffic on our Bay Area roads, and is there anything you can, uh, you can think of that is, is kind of similar in the way that uh, the traffic on our roads is just piled full of people on those broad roads? Well, it's interesting you say that because last week I had said something, was doing some teaching on the roads that we travel. And mm. all of us have been on roads, and uh, we've traveled the wrong roads, and We've gone the wrong direction, mm-hmm. and it, uh, it's a waste of time, energy, and it's frustrating. Uh, and it's just, uh, it just gets us to the point where we get burned out, literally. And uh, so it's not until we decide to turn around do, and head in the right direction that we find a sense of peace and relief and, and confidence. And that's the same thing that's parallel to life in general with Christ we got to turn around, make a U-turn when we're going in the wrong direction. And all of us experience this on the traffic roads. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really dangerous. Also, it can lead to death sometimes. You can be on a one-way going the same direction as the traffic and end up killed and yeah. kill others as well. So uh, we're on a one-way cr- course to uh, you know death uh, without Jesus. And it's going to lead to eternal separation from him, but we're going to have to turn around before that happens. And that's a choice that all of us have to make. And if we don't make that choice, we can end up losing our soul for all eternity. Amen. Well, I'm just amazed that that Jesus really knew we were going to have so much trouble with road choosing way back then. (laughs) Amen. That's so true. You know, way back then. And uh, yet he puts that challenge out there and says, you know, there's uh, two ways to go. That's why we say the end of both. Roads is two ways to go, and I'm going to go on that narrow road because that's the way I want to go, because I want to see Jesus one day. Don't you, brother? Amen. And I like that when you brought up the scripture from Philippians about every knee should bow and every tongue will confess. I used to have that one on my on the back of my car, mm-hmm. a, lot, a previous car I had, but one of my favorite scripture verses because, you know, that says that I don't care whether you believe in God or whether you don't believe in God, that every knee is going to bow to Jesus Christ when he comes. That's Every right. Every single one. Every single one. And oftentimes we'll say, man, this is a false way to say it, that all roads lead to the same place. And I said, it does. Because <laughs> if you look at Philippians chapter 2, it says every knee will bow, every mm-hmm. tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So you're going to end up seeing Jesus one day. Yeah, but and, some people are going to be bowing out of fear and not love and, and devotion. Amen. And I would rather for him to say to me, well done, than Good to say, be servant. done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Amen. Well, should we go to some callers then? L- let's do that. All right. Well, let's go to uh, CC. CC, how are you doing this evening? Hey, how you guys doing? We're truly blessed having a great time here in the studio. Yes, I see. Good message, too, as always. Amen. Well, we don't have that many callers tonight, so... Uh, we have uh, plenty of time with you thus far, so we want you to share how the Lord spoke to you through the Word. Well, again, how He spoke to me through the Word, because it always brings it, you know, it, it brings it back to it brings it back to saying that your dependency is on Christ. You know, say I just think personally because a lot of people have a, a their own opinion, especially in the world, and even a lot of people in churches where they say, you know, well, I've, I've been good, I've paid my tithes, and I've I've given money to the poor. I've fed the I fed this hungry person. I've held held a door 
I mean, to many people, I mean, and it doesn't, it, it, it boils down to, I mean, those things are nice, but it, does, it boils down to what Paul said, that we are saved by grace through faith, that not of yourself is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Or in Titus 3, 5, when he says, not by works of righteousness, what we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. And so when I think about that passage, like you said, it, 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 it's very, it, it's, I mean, it just cuts to to the chase, you know. You know the broad the broad road is a it's attractive, and you can you you can bring anything in it. You see, but Jesus is I like what he said in um in John when he said he said I am the gate for the sheep, mm-hmm. and so it's either Jesus way or no way, and you know said and which is going to lead you to eternal destruction, and that's what I like when you again to expand on hell because. A lot of pastors, they don't preach about that. I'm just sorry they don't. You know, they preach about the love of God and what he will do. Yeah, yeah, God, God is loving and caring. But, you know, outside of Christ, God is wrath. God is judgment. He punishes sin. And that's where people need to – that's what you brought to, brought to the forefront of the table today in the teaching. And it's very practical because I would like it because I know you're very, you're very, very knowledgeable. I know you are. But you broke it down so easily that a four- or five-year-old can understand what you say. And that's, that's what I like about it. Amen. Well said, my brother. We appreciate the feedback and also just uh, the way you also apply Scripture, quoting Scripture as well. Did you quote those Scriptures by memory, or did you uh, look at it in your Bible? Uh, it was by memory. Oh, very good. By, well, it, yeah, By God's grace, by His grace, because I can't remember nothing if He don't help me. Amen. So, so, well, you know, there's yeah. a famous saying that I always say, Meditation leads to memorization. You know, you, yeah. you get good at scriptural memorization when the more you meditate upon the word, meditation leads to memorization. So keep yeah. up the, the way the Lord is working through you as well, and we appreciate the feedback. And uh, what's uh, your question tonight? Thank you. Yes. Um, uh, um, before I give a question, I just want to give, a, give two testimonies. I don't want to take too long, but um, I know, you know, the Bible tells us, and the Apostle Paul said that God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. And, you know, a lot of times people, they hear that, they believe that that's just in the Bible. All oh, those, those times are in the Bible, but I just want to give two testimonies. The first testimony is a friend of mine's father had stomach cancer, and tumor is in his stomach, and it spread all to his body, it was attacking his liver. And the doctors told him that... Um, we, we keep, even with chemotherapy, he could he would only have at least the least three months to live. So my friend called me up, and um, of course, yeah, I was praying. Other people was praying. I was really pressing through that God would work a miracle in his case. And my friend called me a couple of days ago, and he said he went in to the doctor, and they checked to see where the you know what, what, did he have a tumor, and the tumor is gone. Mm-hmm. The doctors are amazed. There's no tumor in his stomach. Um, even his liver, they checked his liver, his liver is fine, so he's in full recovery, and um, he's living right to this day. So it, it's just, that's just amazing. And I was just like, wow. And even my friend who was praying, he said, I didn't think he was going to pull through, and God saved this man's life. And I'll give one more testimony. A friend of mine who's a very, very close friend of mine, um, their uncle was uh, killed in a tragic car accident. Fatal car accident, he was, de- he was dead. Um, they took his body down to the coroner's office, and I don't know how many days he was there, but I guess he was there for a while. But um, they were going to um, take his organs out of his body. You know, the person who's there, they went to go to cutting, and he woke up. And the person jumped back and dropped that knife and said, what are you doing? He was about to cut into him, and 
the man explained, I don't know how this works, but he, he explained uh, to my friend, her, this is her uncle, that um, he had died, and he said he went somewhere that was very, very peaceful, and the Lord told him it wasn't his time, and he sent them back. So this man was raised from the dead. And the reason I'm really giving this testimony, too, because I don't understand why things like this are not notarized in the, in, the, in the news, you know? I mean, this man was raised from the dead. He's alive right now, and he's with his family. And so these are just two wonderful testimonies. I just want for people out there to hear that God is still working miracles. No, he's not going to heal everybody. You know, there's probably times he will, but he's, he's working miracles. And this, this Jesus Christ that people don't believe in, he's alive. And nobody can, the doctors could not explain that, but I can explain it. Mm-hmm. It's Christ. Jesus did this. Amen. And, he's, he's, and he says well. they didn't give him the glory, and, and, and the, the news reporters didn't want to put this in the news. I'm going to give him the glory on the airwaves. Amen. Well, we I'm teaching a class right now on spiritual gifts and teaching the very same thing, that God is still in the business of healing. And uh, you have uh, witnessed this around some friends, and other people are witnessing this in their lives and in their family and friends. And so uh, it's the Scriptures is very clear that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that what he did yesterday— he can do today, and he can do forever. So thank you for those testimonies. We're blessed by that. Yes. And I know uh, the people out there listening are blessed by it as well. And um, so what's on your heart regarding your, your question tonight? I want to ask you a question in, uh, uh, in Romans chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 16, where the, you know, the Apostle Paul is expanded to the church in Rome. Okay, and why, terms, why, don't terms, you, why don't you read that? He says in verse uh, 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation, to the Jew first, then also to the Greek. And I'm wondering if you could um, give an interpretation of that, because I know you're an exegete of the words, and, you know, this, this is a very powerful verse, but I wanted to hear from your perspective in the Apostle Paul and him, what, why would he put that there in, in chapter verse, I mean, verse 16, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit? Well, that's a good question. It's a, a lot to this particular verse of Scripture, because when you look at the history of the Apostle Paul, uh, you know, when he says, I'm not ashamed, we have to look at uh, what the word ashamed means, uh, because the early church was, uh, especially on the day of Pentecost, they were uh, baptized with the baptism of boldness and the Spirit of God. And prior to the uh, Pentecost and prior to the resurrection, they were mostly ashamed. I mean, they were uh, ashamed of the things of Jesus Christ. But when the Holy Spirit came upon them and filled them with the and baptized them with the baptism of boldness, uh, they got empowered, and this is why it mentions the word where Paul says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power. The word power there is the Greek word dunamis, which is translated dynamite. It's an explosion. When you have the Holy Spirit exploding in you, because there are two Greek words for power. One is exousia, and that means authority, and that's found in John 1 and 12, 
And then you find dunamis uh, in Acts 1 and 8, as well as here in Romans 1 and 16. And that's a dynamite explosion of the Holy Spirit working in you. When the Holy Spirit works in you with a dynamite explosion, you're not ashamed of anything. And so Paul, uh, when we look at the history of Paul, right, the Apostle Paul had been in prison in Philippi. We find that in Acts 16, 23, and 24. And then we find that he was uh, uh, mistreated and and uh, attacked in Berea in Acts 17 and 14. And then he was laughed at in Athens in Acts 17 and 32 and regarded a fool in uh, uh, Corinth in uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 18 and 23. And then he was stoned in Galatia in uh, Acts 14 and 19 and uh, is stoned in many other places. So the early church were, they were, when they would face persecution and face beheading and face being thrown into the lion's den and all that other things, uh, many of them got fearful. And Paul was encouraging the church of Rome uh, that uh, don't do that because the power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit will empower you with the dunamis and give you an explosion. And then the word salvation is mentioned five times in the uh, the book of Romans, which is a doctrinal book, and it's mentioned five times in salvation. What it, it means here in the Greek, that salvation doesn't just mean when you get saved, but Paul is saying in a, in a larger perspective of salvation. Salvation is past, present, and future. Past in the sense that I have been saved, present that I am being saved, and future I shall continue to be saved. So he's talking about that in all those uh, perspectives. And so, and then it's reaching out to the Jews, and you won't fear the Jews, and you won't fear the Greeks as well, the non-Jews. You'll preach it no matter what. So uh, that's what it's basically saying in a nutshell. Uh, we're almost about to a uh, commercial, so hopefully that answers your question. And then what we'll do, why don't you give us quickly your prayer request, and then we come back from the uh, break, we'll uh, pray around the prayer request as well. Hopefully that helped you out. That helped you out a lot. You can you know, just pray for me again, however you guys live, my mother, Rosa, Linda, my father, my sister, my family. And also, um, again, I want you guys to pray for the Wayne and brothers, you know, Sean and Martin Wayne and all of them for their salvation protection. And as, as well as um, Tom Cruise again, and Molly Cyrus, and then I want to pray for the two individuals that was you know the, the, the miracles of work. Uh, the one, the, the guy who was healed of the cancer, and then the other guy who was raised from the dead and walked out the coroner's office. You know, I want to I want to pray for them because I mean God spared their lives, so it's worth noting for them to be prayed for. Well, let's do this. Let's uh, have Jim to pray for you right now. We have a little time before we go to the commercial break because we've got several other callers coming up. So let's pray for these prayer requests, Brother Jim. All righty. <clears throat> and thank you, CC, for all of your, uh, your, your acknowledgments and kind words. Amen. And, Lord, we just uh, we lift up CC, Lord. We just pray for you that you would, uh, your Holy Spirit would be with him, Lord, and that you would empower him to be able to share the gospel with others. Lord, we pray for his family, his mother, Rosalinda, his sister. Lord God, we just pray that uh, you would keep them healthy and strong. Uh, Father, we, uh, he's brought up some celebrities, uh, uh, the Wayans brothers, who have made me laugh on many occasions. Lord, we just pray that these guys uh, would really uh, come to know you in a meaningful way, Lord God, that you would just bring some people into their life. Lord, we also pray for Tom Cruise, 
that uh, uh, while it, it, you know anything is possible with God, as far away as he may seem, Lord, we know that nothing is impossible with you. And so, Lord, we pray for Tom Cruise, for his soul and his spirit. And we also lift up uh, Miley Cyrus. Lord, we know that she grew up in a, in a Christian home, but, Lord, we, uh, we fear that she has really gone um, off the deep end. So, Lord, we just pray that you would uh, minister to her, Lord, that you again would bring someone into her life who would impact her, and, Father, that uh, share the gospel with her. We thank you for these entertainers, Lord God, and for the talents that they have. And, Lord, we just pray again for C.C. and his family. And all these things we lift up in the name of Jesus Christ. And for the callers out there that are waiting, we are going to get back to you after we uh, take a break. We look forward to hearing from you after this break. Thank you, CC. Thank you. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark. I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we would like to go straight to our waiting callers. And the first one is Lily from San Francisco. Lily, are you there? Can Lily? you hear me? Yes, yes, we can hear you. How are you doing this evening? I'm fine. I'd like to know, can tithing be done in other ways besides monetarily. Um, what makes you ask that question? Because a minister told me one time that when you give of yourself, that's a form of tithing. And I just want to know from you. I believe he was a minister, but he died. You remember that guy who was saying that the world was coming to an end? Right. He died, but he said that. He said that money, that tithings can be done in other ways besides money. Well, not not your perspective. Yes, that's a good question. Well, tithing is always uh, related to finances. It's not related to us sacrificially giving ourselves and stuff like that. So, give of yourself. That was a form of tithing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't teach the Bible. Doesn't teach that um, because we are to. uh, Let me just lay it out this way. I kind of lay out three T's and. The first T is our time. Time relates to us, okay? We are to give our... Are you telling me about? Yes, time. We, time, okay. That relates to us giving ourselves to God in mm-hmm. time. And then the second T would be talent, that we give our talents and exercise our gifts and talents before God. And then the uh, the third T is treasures, and that relates to monies. And Jesus said, lay up not for yourselves treasures on earth when moth and rust and thieves break in, but lay Mm -hmm. up for yourselves treasures in heaven when none of these things can break in. So I wouldn't uh, put it that way. Uh, I mean, money is something separate uh, completely from uh, us uh, personally, other than the fact that we give it, but it's not the same as we giving ourselves. That, that, that's not what the Bible teaches regarding tithing. Okay. And time means we go to church and read the Bible and all that. That's our time with God, right? Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. I believe that tithing is something that uh, we need to be faithful in. And, you know, the Old Testament, it taught uh, that uh, 10%, but the New Testament, it teaches 100% that because oh. Jesus gave himself 100%. That's in the and, Bible 100%? Well, I'm just saying that he gave himself 100% to us. And so you can start off with uh, a tenth as a principle, uh, but it's not a command in the New Testament. You can start off as a principle with a tenth, and but as the Lord blesses you more, you should give more. Right. You know, And that's why Paul says, uh, the Apostle Paul says that he talks about how if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, 
you will reap bountifully. Is that what Jesus said? Yes, and I mean that's what the Apostle Paul said. Yeah, but he's not above Jesus Christ. So is that what Jesus Christ said? Well, the Apostle Paul, an apostle is speaking on behalf of Christ because you had when you were an apostle, you don't make mistakes because you're you're called by God, and so that's why they call him an apostle because it's one sent by Christ and. When he's sent by Christ, he's anointed by Christ to speak, and that's why Paul wrote most of the New Testament, about 13 books of the New Testament, because he was a chosen apostle on the road of Damascus. He saw the Lord. One of the requirements of an apostle is to see the Lord, and then they were chosen and inspired to write what they wrote, and they were writing without error. And what did you say with the talents? Part? What was that? I forgot. No, the talents is just the dealing with the spiritual gifts and talents that God. Everybody, when you're born in the world, you're born with a talent, and then when you're born again, you're born with a spiritual gift. Oh, that's what talent means. Yes, the talent is something that you're born with, and people may have work with their hands and their mind, and so God has talented so many people with many different things and. Right. And uh, but uh, you know, so you're born with a talent, and then when you're born again, you're born with a spiritual gift, and that's found in First Corinthians twelve through fourteen. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Doctor Buckner, and you can pray for me. Yes. What would you like for us strong, to pray for you regarding? I'm stronger in God and not be ter- deterred from reading the Holy Bible like I want to. Amen. That's Sometimes a good. The devil tries to take me away from reading that Holy Bible. Amen. And you know what? Uh, be sure to every day put on the full armor of God. Okay, that's what I Yeah, think. Yeah, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Put on okay. the full armor of God because if you don't get equipped, you will get whipped. That's right. We're going to have Brother Jim to pray for you. Thank you so very much. You God got bless it. You. Okay, God bless you. Hi, Lily. How you doing? I'm fine. Thank you. Good. Well, I'm going to pray for you now and just uh, and the things that you requested. And Father God, we uh, we thank you for Lily. We thank you that she uh, called into the show tonight to speak with us and ask the questions that she has. And uh, Lord, we uh, we pray that you would minister to her and give her the strength that she is looking for, Lord God, and whatever that uh, helps her to do, Lord God, whether it's to uh, to keep her from sin, Lord God, or just to to do the things that you have called upon her to do. Lord God, we, uh, we pray that you would give her that strength. We pray that she would continue to read her Bible um, and to learn about what you have said, Lord God, and how um, your word is impacting to us. Lord, we just thank you that you've left us this word that we can read and learn about you. And so, Lord, we thank you for Lily. We pray that you continue to bless her, and uh, we look forward to hearing from her again. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Jim. Lily, are you still there? I think she dropped off. Amen. Well, I'm sure she heard the prayer. She has her radio on. Well, we have what? Sally? Sally, are you there? I am here. How are you doing this evening? Well, um, I want to check with you. You gave the four C's kind of quick. Yes, I did. And I have a little trouble with what I got. I I got uh, conviction, conversion, commitment, and Christ. And right away I thought, oh, I want to put Christ up at the top because he's the one that convicts me. He's the one that converts my heart, and he is the one through the Holy Spirit that helps me with uh, commitment. Amen. But well, I don't know whether I had the four, four right or not. Well, you do have them uh, right. I mean, the first one is conviction. And let me just kind of elaborate upon that a little bit more. Conviction uh, is that thing that... Uh, 
comes upon us by the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts. You remember that Jesus said the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's but we, what, have to, we have to come to Christ first. Well, we, we? We, we come to him when the conviction is upon us. Okay. So the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And then when the conviction is there, then you got to confess your sin. See? So this is kind of like in the right order. Confess so your confess, sin. Confess. Yeah, confess your sin. Confession comes behind okay. conviction because you got to confess your sins in order to be right with God because... You know, he says in Habakkuk 1 and 13, Thou art a pair of eyes to behold evil, and cannot not, uh, you know, cannot deal with iniquity. So, so the confession follows the conviction, and then you make the commitment to follow him, and then you accept him into your heart uh, through these all of these channels, and Christ becomes the center of your life. And, uh, you know, after you make the commitment to Christ, he becomes the center. So in the conviction, you are confessing uh, your sins, and then you are accepting the Lord Jesus Christ, and then a commitment comes upon you, and then you continue to follow him as Christ, Lord of your life. So he needs to continue to be the Lord of your life uh, in the finality of everything. He is Lord of your life so that you don't have to stand before him one day uh, and he says, I never knew you. So a lot of people are going to experience that. So I, that's that's the that's the four C's. I didn't know if you'd given those before or not. I might have missed them. No, that's this is the first. I, I might have. No, I didn't even touch on this last week. That's the first night that I did that. And so it's some, some powerful words there. So I'm glad you were able to get them and call back just to make sure you had them. Yes, because, you know, we we get so busy thinking about these things that we're not always right exactly on. So thank you for, for doing that, and the Lord is so good, and I, I just, uh, we're going to Juvenile Hall again um, tomorrow, and uh, I had a girl that, that prayed the, to, to, Christ, to, to God to tell him that she was a sinner and that she wants Jesus into her heart, and so we really, I, I just, uh, two girls today, I was out weeding, uh, and um, I was pretty hot and tired, and it doesn't take much at my age, and they they chatted with me, and I said, would you like to weed for me? And so they came in and in the backyard, and they weeded and uh, cleaned up after themselves and got some orange juice and went on their way. But, you know, we need to be in contact with these young young people, and it was really uh, fun to to uh, talk with them. Amen. Are you uh, ministering, are you uh, visiting the Marin County Juvenile Hall? Yes. Well, let me share something with you about that. Um, probably over 20 years ago, I used to be a transportation officer there, and I used to take young people from... Um, the unit over to the courts, and they put me on as a transportation officer because uh, I was so good at working with the young people uh, because they would uh, go to court and some of them be sentenced to uh, California Youth Authority, which is like a junior uh, prison, and they would come back so angry in the unit. And uh, so they put me on as a trial thing, and they noticed that all of the kids were coming back calm and 
peaceful because I would slip a little Jesus in there and uh, talk to them and encourage them. And then I've done a lot of counseling in the area of anger management. And so uh, so I have a bonding there at the Marin County Juvenile Hall. I was there for three years as a transportation officer working there. So I worked way back when they had Smokey, and he had been there for quite a while. They called him Smokey because he's a big brother, and he passed on. So uh, so when you mentioned Marin County Juvenile Hall, it uh, was something t- it's t- tender to me. Yes. yes. Amen. Well, thank you so much, uh, Sally, for your call. It's always good to hear from you, and God continue to give you favor as you continue to uh, uh, grow in grace and in the knowledge of him and uh, grow in age as well. <laughs> I don't know how much more there is of that. but <laughs> Oh, the Lord is not through with you. he got a lot of work to do with you before he's finished. You know, it is, it is wonderful to know the Lord, uh, especially when you're old, because... Uh, because he has proven everything he promised. That's right. That's right. Very exciting. Yes. And how is your how is the rest of your family and your husband? Your husband's still living? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, we oh. we keep each other out of muddles. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, you need to write a book on how to stay married to, for the, a lot of these young people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> love the Lord. Pray. Have a sense of humor. <laughs> how how long have you been married now? Uh, it'll be 63 years next month. Wow, congratulations. But, you know, it's only because because God covers the multitude of sins, you know. That's right. You're not always carping at each other, and, and you and you're, uh, find things to be glad for and to have a sense of humor over. It's, uh, it's very interesting. Amen to that. Well, God I mean, bless we you. I don't have a perfect marriage, and I'm not a perfect person. Mm-hmm. But God is, and the closer we are to Him, as you told the young lady earlier, uh, the closer we are to Him. And and someone someone on the radio, KFAX, uh, said that he was traveling a lot as a pastor, and that his pastor friend asked him uh, how he memorizes Scripture. And he says, well, I do it when I'm on the airplane. And I thought, well, I don't have the excuse of getting on the airplane, but wasn't that a wonderful way to... to um, the man uh, memorized, I think it was Psalm 24, within an hour, mm-hmm. and he repeated back to his fellow pastor. And we just need to find ways to to hide the Lord's Word in our hearts, because uh, I look back and I think of all the singing that I did, and those, those words come back to me, and... Uh, of course, my favorite one is the Lord. The, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I think that's Nehemiah. Amen. Well, you know, you just continue to let the Lord use you, and every time you call in, we get blessed by you as well. You know, you're getting blessed by us, but we get blessed by you. And tell your husband and the rest of the family we said hello and let them know we're praying for them. Thank you, and and we, you you remind us we need to pray for you and. And it's a discipline that is sometimes the Holy Spirit has to really nudge us and say, hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> are you doing it? That's so right. So thank you all, and, and my greetings to everybody. Yes, thank you so much. Appreciate your call and your in kind words and encouraging words. God bless you. Bye-bye. Yeah, what a wonderful call. What a wonderful uh, person. And, and like she said, the Holy Spirit needs to nudge a lot of people. Uh, it's been a real slow time in people giving and uh, they 
have to be very careful, you know, in this area because uh, we just lean on the Lord and lean on people giving. And uh, when that well goes dry, mm-hmm. I mean, when it really goes dry with nothing there, uh, we have no other alternative but to, uh, you know, go off the air. And we don't want to do that, but that well is going dry. And we have to really uh, encourage people to um, step up to the plate now and start uh, knocking a home run and uh, giving. And there's some people out there that's been really blessed. They've been blessed financially, and this is a time to step up and knock a home run for continuing for the faith. Brother Jim, turn it over to you. I hear that music. Yep, that's our bumper music. And that means that we've come to the end of another exciting broadcast. And we would like to thank Vince, our engineer, Nathaniel, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It is important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. You can also reach Dr. Buckner by phone at 415-721-1778. Also, if you have friends or relatives outside the broadcast area, encourage them to listen to Contending for the Faith online at kfax.com. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 